this is Kate Magic and you're listening to the Raw Living Podcast. Raw Living is Europe's leading raw foods and superfood supplier and I founded the company back in 2002. In this interview series, I'm talking to some of the people behind the brands that we offer on our shop to find out what exactly is the ethos behind the company. Not just the ingredients that they use and the processes that they use to create the end results, but I'm asking them other questions like how do they show respect for the environment, how do they treat their workers and their relationship to the farmers who grow the crops. All the companies that we work with are putting huge amounts of dedication and commitment into creating products that are benefiting not just you, but also the whole ecosystem, the planet, the people. And with this series, I'm hoping to show insights into that. When you're shopping with these companies, you're really not just investing in your health, you're truly investing in a better world for us all. Today is Raxel from Islensk Hollister talking about their very unique range of wild Icelandic seaweeds and berries and salts. Hi Raxel, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm really, really good. I love Iceland so much. It really is just one of my favourite places to visit. Solar is one of my dearest, dearest friends and I'm so happy to um, yeah, be sharing your products with the world. So tell us a little bit about the company and and how it started. Um, so our company is a family business and my father is a marine bi- biologist and he was uh, working in the fishing industry, um, being a consultant in, in Korea and Japan in the 90s. And then he started to think, why are... Icelanders not utilizing the more of the seaweed than all those um, great, uh, you know, materials surrounding us. And so around 20 years ago, he, he started to dry seaweed in the garage and people thought he was crazy. Uh, but since he's a biologist, he's a he's a re, you know he's a researcher. So he started to just explore and uh, you know uh, explore different methods on drying and also digging into Icelandic history, how people used to preserve the seaweed and how they used it, um, and then he mixed it with with his own own um, method. Um, and yeah, people thought he was mad, uh, you know, drying seaweed. Also, because Icelanders have, a, uh, you know, they have a different connection to it because it it, it used to be considered poor people's food, uh-huh. and, and people would frown upon it and look down on, you know, that as a as a food. Uh, even you know, for farmers that would give dolls to their sheep, it was considered kind of low. Right. Yeah. So, but there is an island in Iceland, Westman Island, that has never lost the connection and the proudness for dolls. So, so there, the heritage was always kept. And when my father started to dry the dolls and, and work with it um, early on, the Michelin chefs in Scandinavia heard about him and 
and they encourage him like Rani Redzapi and Klaus Meyer and Christian Buglisi came to Iceland to um, check out his material and, and became his first clients. Um, also people like Solla that had a vegetarian place in Iceland, then they would use his, his um, products. So that encouraged him to continue. And then, um, then the company has developed through those 20 years that we gather more than just seaweed. It's also uh, herbs and berries um, and some roots. I think we, we have to mention for people that maybe aren't so familiar is that Iceland is one of the purest places in the world, right? You have such clean air and such clean water. And also what I've learned from visiting is that the plants that survive there have to be so, so resilient because it's so cold in the winter. So can you tell us a little bit about that, about the actual you know, quality of the Icelandic plants that makes them so special? The plants in Iceland are a little bit like the microgreens, but in that sense that they grow so slow and they are often very small and then the flavor is condensed. So it is, uh, has a strong flavor. Um, and often it's, it's not so much sunlight here. So sometimes it has more uh, iron and, and it hasn't oxidated as, as, so the plants are darker and the berries as well. In Iceland, we have the clean air. There's not a lot of pollution and also around the, the shorelines are clean. And where we pick the dolls, for example, it is, uh, you have to pick it where it is a strong current shift. So the, the ocean is always clean in that area. You cannot pick the seaweed or the dolls in, in a fjord or you shouldn't where, 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 the, where the ocean is quite closed off. And then it has the high risk of, of collecting um, heavy metals and uh, unwanted uh, ingredients. Right, right. Can we talk about the berries? Because I'm a little bit obsessed with, with crowberries or crackerberries, they're also called, aren't they? Can you <laughs> tell us a little bit about them? Because, yeah, I just, I love them so much. The, the crowberries are quite unique. They, they only grow in the Arctic Circle. Uh, they are they're relatively cheap berry, so they have not been researched as much as, for example, blueberries. Blueberries has, have so many health research behind them, and we know of the benefits. But with the crowberry, uh, they, they're higher in uh, antioxidant, and they're really resilient to fermentation, for example. Uh, which which gives us um, a hint of the that the antioxidant level is you know superb, and also the the iron the level of iron in it is is wow. high. So I would love that somebody would pick up on how wonderful the crowberry is and do more of health research for it for the benefits right it's kind of like 
blueberries, but not as sweet, right? Yeah, they are, they're a little bit more tarty, they're dry, but they have a thicker skin um, and um, not so meaty. It's mostly the skin that is the berry. And the, bar and the skin is uh, black, so it has, you know, that will give you the, the hint of um, iron level in it. When I'm in Iceland, I make cranberry kombucha. It's so good. <laughs> we make um, uh, cranberry juice that are raw pressed juice. And we have clients that they buy it as their uh, dosage. They have to take it every day. Otherwise, they just feel like they can't function. So. Yeah. I use the juice to make the, to ferment the kombucha. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> Um, so tell us a bit about the herbs. We've got the Arctic thyme and the Angelica. Last time I was in Iceland, I went wild herb picking with Sola and it was so much fun. And they were teaching me a little bit about how special these herbs are. Can you share a bit with us about the, the benefits of the thyme and the Angelica? Yeah, the Angelica has been a popular herbs for some time. Uh, it's used in now in medical purpose for uh, people with urinal problem and the prostate problem but it it is also good for us that you know don't have the problem but it but it will you know start our system in it and it has a stimulant and uh, effect um yeah the angelica both the leaf and the and the seeds will give that effect. Uh -huh. uh, the Arctic thyme is quite special herb and I predict that that will become the most expensive herb in the world within a few years. Mm, it, it, it's a very small flower and it, it smells a little bit like thyme and lavender. It's somewhere in between that and it's a beautiful delicate flower and it 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 fit perfectly with with game or lamp or or different um, a little bit gamey stews and things like that. So, and it's it has been used in in tea, and often as a flu flu herb in the old days in Iceland. I think most of our listeners will be vegan. I use it myself for it's really good in pickling, I think, when I pickle vegetables and also just a tiny bit in a salad dressing because um, it's got such a distinctive flavor. I think it really adds, um, yeah, wonderful flavor to, to salads and pickles. Yeah. Um, but it's also if if you're making the weekend, you know, it's it's perfect for using in the seitan or you know, uh, spicing your oomph. If you want to make this heather gamey, you know, I I love that taste. So, um, you know, in in vegan food, it's often so much like a barbecue or like a sweeter flavor. So it is perfect if you want to go kind of more. I want to say like old school kind of comf comfy food, you know, yeah, a little bit rustic and 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 this gamey. Yeah, 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 and it's got a lot of health benefits as well, right? 
Yes, it has. Um, it has. It has been believed that it has the effect on the respiratory system, and and that is probably why people would drink it in tea. Um, yeah, mm. in the old days. And then we also have a herb that is the Iceland moss that was used as a flu herb and, and good for the respiratory system and also thought of, you know, being um, cleansing. Yeah, it's a little bit similar to Irish moss, right? Sea moss, but it's, it's, um, it doesn't gel in the same way, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't it's more dry. Yeah, so the Iceland moss, it's not a seaweed. It is, uh, it grows on the highlands uh, in high latitude. Um, and it, it, it's almost in between being a mushroom and a seaweed. It has a quite a wild taste. Mm. So you would just make teas with that? Yeah, mostly teas. Some some people will you would use it in the porridge, you know, mixing with the oats and and then you know put on the almond milk or you know and cook it. Right, right. And um, tell us about the salts. We've got the blueberry salt and the seaweed salt currently, but tell us about how the salt is harvested. Yeah, so we we buy a Icelandic manufactured sea salt. Um, and then we mix it with our signature um, herbs and, and, and items. Because often people are, for example, with the seaweed salt, people are often afraid of putting seaweed in their food because the, then you could destroy it or you, you know, you could go up. You don't know where, how to do it. But with the salt, it makes it easy for you to take a little bit of chance or you could even start to put it on your avocado toast. Um, yeah, so um, with the salt, people often find it more easy to, to use that than to use the raw material straight up. But Icelandic salt is very special, right? There's like a, it's almost a sweetness to it. There's almost a like a softness to it. Like other salts I feel can be quite harsh and, and kind of... Um, aggressive almost yeah. but Icelandic salt is is very gentle it is my favorite salt to use true and also the, I love the texture how it is um uh, crunchy and and almost like pop you know so it's so perfect for giving that extra texture mm. on on a lot of food mm. and the other product we have is the tea tell us what's in the herbal tea so the herbal tea is one of our signature plants and it has the angelica leaf and it has the birds and the Iceland moss. So those three are, it's a perfect combination for, if you, if you want to do a little bit of, of cleansing, um, it will get your system, you know, going in the morning um, and, uh, and it also has just a wonderful, almost like a sweet taste. Although, of course, it doesn't contain any sugar or any, you know, um, sugary elements. It's just a, the birds has this kind of mild, yeah, sweet flavor. Mm. 
Well, I think it's really hard to put into words. If people have visited Iceland, then they kind of will get it. But it's like there's such a unique energetic quality to Iceland and all these plants. And obviously you've described to us how, you know, how much care and attention to detail that your family is is harvesting them with. It's really is getting like that, that bringing that energy of Iceland to us, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, for us, you know, we're just used to being surrounded by lava and surrounded by those herbs. And but then once you start to um, forage it and and see the value and also just be a part of the heritage and our history, um, I I really pressure that and. And also the thing about when you're foraging, uh, you, you, you kind of become just one with nature and time doesn't exist. You're just in that zone and, and just really connected to the, to the earth and to the plants. And, and yeah, I, it's my favorite moment. Yeah, I've got a picture of me. I went collecting dulse. I would guess it was like 2018, 2019, 2018, I think. I went collecting dulse and there's a photo of me and it's like the happiest, <laughs> I look the happiest <laughs> I've ever looked in a photo. I was just like been collecting dulse all afternoon and I'm standing there with this big string of seaweed and I just, I look absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible. I love that. Yeah, just standing <laughs> in the ocean and just all the sounds surrounding you. And yeah, um, it's something else. So what are you working on? Have you got any new things in the pipeline? Um, new things. Mm, we are currently changing our packaging for the tea. So we will have some of the recipes will change a little bit. It's small changes. But right now we're, it's harvest time. So we're kind of doing the same old, just picking, yeah. picking the dolls now and all the berries are coming in. And yeah, so we, we're just preparing for winter. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, and as Sarah, send, send my gratitude to your father for being the pioneer and being the the person that wasn't afraid to be laughed at to bring us these beautiful, beautiful products. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can check out the products we've been talking about by visiting Raw Living, rawliving.co.uk. And if you haven't got an account already, then do sign up. You get five pounds off your first order. And also please do like, subscribe and share this podcast. It really does help.